stand before you for a long time this morning. We will <coughs> do what that says the Lord. Um, we, um, prior to even going uh, to Louisiana and uh, Baton Rouge, prior to that, we, God had given me this word, and uh, I suppose uh, God knows all things and he knows why. And a lot of times we don't understand what we do or why we do what we do. But it's so very important that we do the will of God. So we're going to look at Luke chapter number 10, a very familiar scripture, very familiar. I saw a lot of this, you know, uh, there in Louisiana. And, of course, we, you know, even coming back home, we ourselves individually, we have to learn and understand that we play a part in so many different ways. So Luke chapter number 10, and we're going to start at verse number 30. Father, now we ask in the name of Jesus that you would just clothe me with your anointing. We pray, Father God, that you move mightily. And Lord God, let, let not one word fall to the ground, but God, let it resonate within our hearts and within our spirits. And God, we will give you the praise and we will give you the glory. For God, you're worthy of all things. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen and amen. All right, St. Luke chapter number uh, 10, beginning of verse number 30. Our, our message, our title this morning is an act of kindness. An act of kindness. Uh, St. Luke chapter number 10, beginning at verse number 30. Verse 30 reads, And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. A certain man, a certain man. It talks about um, here there was a, a lawyer trying to justify himself before the Lord. Um, he wanted to know uh, what he, uh, as he had ministered to, as Jesus had ministered to uh, another uh, um, a young man who was asking about eternal life, then he wanted to know who was his neighbor. So this was, this was a lawyer that was now uh, on, um, in conversation with, with Jesus Christ. But he asked the question, you know, who was his neighbor? And, and, and Jesus gives him an answer. Now, oftentimes when Jesus gives us an answer, we like to justify ourselves. And this is what this, this lawyer was doing. Now, he wasn't the type of lawyer that we would normally need as far as with crimes and stuff, but he was one that knew about the Mosaic law. So this is what he was trying to do, justify. And, and Christ began to tell him what he needed to do. And once Christ told him, uh, and he asked Jesus Christ, he said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus gives him a parable. That's one thing about Christ. He knows how to put the dagger within us. Amen. He knows how to speak a word. He, he knows how to do that. Now, the first thing he says, he talks about a certain man that went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, what we need to understand that this person that was uh, and traveling, he leaves a place of peace. Jerusalem means peace. So he left a place of peace. 
And oftentimes, uh, in the body of Christ, we will find people that will leave the place of peace. And they will head out to Jericho. Now, the word Jericho in, in, in the Greek means fragrance. Uh, a sweet-smelling fragrance. But there's something about Jericho that we need to understand. Jericho is not a place that we need to travel. Amen? So let's see something about Jericho in the Old Testament. Let's look at Joshua chapter number 6. Joshua chapter 6, verse number 26. Joshua, uh, yeah, Joshua chapter 6. And verse number 26, Jericho. Talking about Jericho. We know Jerusalem means peace. We know Jericho means a sweet, a sweet fragrance, but it, it has a worldly overtone uh, when it comes down to, to, to Jericho because they were traveling the road. He had left that place of peace, and he's heading in the wrong direction. Wrong direction. Now, Joshua chapter number 6, this is when... When, when, when the Israelites had uh, surrounded, walked around the walls of Jericho, and Jericho, had, the walls had fallen down. But this, here's a prophecy concerning Jericho in Joshua chapter 6, verse number 26. It says, And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, In other words, he was saying, uh, 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 it was, um, This place, Jericho, was under the penalty of a curse. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Curse be the man before the Lord that rises up and buildeth the city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. In other words, the, 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 the prophecy here, uh, the penalty was a curse. Anyone that rebuilt that city, rebuilt the walls of Jericho, there was a curse. And because of that curse, one of the things that was prophesied, it says the firstborn was going to die. And then that's when they first began to build Jericho. And then at the end of Jericho, then the, the, the latter son, the, the, uh, the younger son, he also would die. Now, you will find that in, in 1 Kings chapter number 16, verse 34. This actually happened. This particular prophecy did take place. So here we are, and back in Luke chapter number 10, this man, he is heading down to an accursed place. He's going to a place that's cursed. That's just like I remember um, when we came back from Louisiana and we stopped in Atlanta to, uh, with meeting one of Dr. Manley's old friends. He had... Uh, from a long, long time ago, and uh, it, it's amazing. We, you know, we can always misjudge people because when we, all, all I've ever known was the fact that um, Dr. Manley was uh, talking about a saying that this young man would say, but when I walked in, he never told me that he was a Muslim. He, he never told me that. So, uh, so when I walked in, and, and we walked in, and they were just so very, very friendly, and the first thing they asked me to do was remove my shoes. And I did because none of them have their shoes, and I'm sure they do it for a certain reason. And I didn't have time to, to look up why they do what they do. And so I, I nicely and gracefully removed my shoes, and of course they didn't have their shoes on either. Okay? So, but in the meantime, as we were discussing, and, and they were so thirsty for the Word. It seemed like the more and more and more Dr. Man began to talk about the Word, 
uh, 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 the wife, the, the companion, she was just so thirsty. Her soul was so thirsty. I mean, when we were supposed to spend one and a half hours, I think we were there two hours or two and a half hours. It was like they were hungry for the Word of God. And, and they just found it fascinating. But the young, but, but the gentleman, and I, I, at this, I think he's about 65, Tim, Timmy, and he was saying this, and he's not listening, because when I go someplace, I'm one to listen to see what I can learn, and I'm very observant. Because the first thing I did see was that Koran sitting on that table, that coffee table, a large Koran. That's the first thing I put my eyes on. And then uh, uh, that's when I knew at that point that they were Muslim. I, that, at that point, that's when I knew. Because you don't have the Koran and you don't be a Muslim. Amen. And so, but anyway, they were just such wonderful people. I mean, even before we arrived, he had told his wife that we were coming and they had prepared like they was uh, uh, bringing in royalty. Well, we're all a royalty. They just don't know their royalty. So, so they had prepared a meal and stuff. I said, we've already eaten. But he said this. He says, he says, stay on the path. He says, as long as you stay on the path, he says, now the moment you, you, you go off the path, you're entering into uncharted land. In other words, when you veer off from, from that place of peace, Jerusalem, and you're headed toward Jericho, you will go into uncharted lands. And then he says this, he says, and there is no guarantee that you're going to get back. So he says the best thing to do is stay on the path. Amen. The best thing to do is stay on the path. So I found it interesting that they, they were just so loving. And, and you know, uh, 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 it, it was just a beautiful. They're beautiful people. And we were able to connect. And we were able to, to, to share the gospel with them. Amen. So we were thankful. So here it is in St. Luke chapter number 10. This man, he, he, he leaves that place of peace. He's going to a cursed place, Jericho. Now, from Jerusalem to Jericho, it's about 40 miles. Now, 40 is a time of testing. So naturally, he was going to be tested along the way. So whenever we find ourselves going away from the place of peace into the world, we're going to be tested every time. I mean, all to the nth degree. Now, watch what happens here. He says he failed, verse number 30, it says that, and he, he failed, talking about this, this certain man, and he failed among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and he wounded him, and he departed, leaving him half dead. And he failed among thieves. Now, when you look up that word uh, uh, among here, in, in the Greek it means to, to fall into something that is all around you. So what happened was, it was not like he was at one place and he was robbed. It was like he fell. In other words, he found himself surrounded, you know, by thieves, robbers. He found himself surrounded by the wrong people. Amen? So whenever you find yourself surrounded by the wrong people, this is what happens. The Bible said he was stripped of his raiment. In other words, the world will strip you of your anointing. See, he was stripped of his anointing, and once he was stripped of his anointing, then the Bible says he was also wounded. See, when we lose the anointing and the power of God, we will find ourselves wounded. And let me tell you something. The world will leave you half dead when they take everything that you have. Amen? And the first thing they want is your anointing. We may think they want our money. They, they, they may want our uh, uh, 
uh, uh, materialistic things, but know the devil is after your anointing. Amen. Because your anointing is what breaks yokes. It's what destroys yokes. So that is what the enemy is after. So he finds himself in a, there among the thieves. He sees this. He's, he's put himself in the wrong place. And when they finish with him and strips him of everything he has, that, that great anointing, then they go and leave him. Is that not just like the devil? He will get you, take you, do his business, and when he's done with you, he walks off and leaves you there looking stupid. Amen? See, that's how Satan operates. So this is what happened right here, you know, in the Bible. They, 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 they wounded him. They stripped him of his anointing. They left him for dead. In other words, he didn't have any more use for you. That, that, that's how Satan is. When he gets through with you, and, and, and then now he no longer he has any use for you. Now, let's look at the next set of people. Because I thought about sometimes there's a three in one. Sometimes there's three people in us, and even though we may be one. But I want to emphasize that act of kindness as well. Now, verse 31 says, And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. Now, what the priest doing going down that way? That means that that certain man, he left a place of, of peace. He left Jerusalem. Now, here comes the priest. Has, he's left a place of, of peace. He, he's heading the same way, okay? Then he says, that way, when he saw him, watch this. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. That's the religious folk. That's that religious system. Amen. Now, let's look at, and before we can, we can throw rocks at anybody else, okay, let's look at a scripture. Let's look, we're gonna, in fact, we're going to look at two. Let's look at 1 Peter, I may not have that up on the board, 1 Peter chapter number 3. We're going to look at 1 Peter first. 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3. And we're going to look at verse... Number first, let's see, first Peter, let me see, first Peter three and nine, let's see. Oh, maybe second Peter, that's not one, maybe second Peter three and nine. Um, hmm. But first Peter, for some reason I've written my, my scripture uh, a little different here, first Peter three and nine, it talks about we are royal priesthood. Uh, we are royal priesthood. Thank you. Okay. Uh, first Peter. <laughs> let me get my bearings together here. All right. Uh, first Peter three and nine. Thanks. First three. Peter three and nine. It talks about we are royal priesthood, and so we have to remember who we are. Uh, okay. First Peter two and nine. Please forgive me. First Peter chapter two. Amen. Verse number nine. Amen. Because remember now that the priest is the one has he too goes the same way. Now, First Peter chapter two, verse number nine says, "But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light." Now, we, that's before we can acknowledge and say something about these folk here in the Bible, then we get to understand we are royal priesthoods, okay? So now we are the priests, amen? So 
What are we doing? Uh, do we sometimes find ourselves doing these things? Because this particular thing, it says, when the priest sees him, he shows up on the other side. He passes by on the other side. Have anybody saw some folk you don't want to be bothered with and you just kind of put your nose up and you went on over on the other side? Amen. But yet you, you, you're a royal priesthood, right? You know, you, you, you're supposed to be, you know, expressing God. Amen. You, your light's supposed to be shining. You're afraid of the darkness. You can't be touched. You're scared about your light, okay? Now, let's look at Numbers. Hopefully I wrote this correctly. Numbers chapter number 19. Numbers 19. We're talking about this, this uh, uh, royal priesthood, this priest. Yeah, Numbers chapter number 19. And see what reason why this priest, this particular priest, uh, passed over to the other side. Amen? Well, uh, numbers chapter number 19. Reading verse number 1. This is why he, he passed over to the other side, and this is why sometimes we do the same thing. Amen? Now, uh, Numbers chapter 19, verse number 11 says, He that touches the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. See, the, the priest saw the man laying there. He thought he was dead. Okay? So he didn't want to be unclean. See, sometimes we're afraid to, to, to minister or witness because we think we're going to be unclean. Amen. That, that was under the law. Okay? Now, if you drop down to verse number 16 in Numbers uh, 19, chapter 19, it says, And whosoever touches one that is slain with a sword in the open fields, or a dead body, or a bone of a man, or a grave, shall be unclean seven days. And see, back in those days, if you were unclean, you, you, you couldn't go into the temple. Okay, so he thought that he was going to be unclean because he was so into that religious system, he didn't understand that his light is far greater than anybody else's darkness. Amen. So he, he, he had a problem. So instead of him helping, he, the Bible says he goes and he passed by over on the other side. Now we're back to Luke chapter number 10. Those on the other side. So we as priests, we as royal priesthood, now we've got to take a lesson from this. Because when we see somebody needs help, we don't need to be going over on the other side. Because we, we think that we, you know, that's that religious system. That, 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 that good at two-shoes. That think that, you know, they're more than everybody else. And I, I can't handle I can't deal with them people. No. If you, where we were, where we were in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you know, uh, there were people from all walks of life, all walks of life, and you you can could not be concerned that you have to, you, you were going to be so holy that you going you could not be touched or you could not embrace or you could not encourage. See, we've got to, we are called to be the light of the world. You see, oftentimes we forget that we're the light. It could, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. It could be the reason why that we forget that we are the light because we might be walking in darkness. Amen. We might be walking in, in darkness. Now, let's look at, you know, because, see, the priest at that time, they took care of the, of the sanctuary. That was their job. They did not work. They dealt with the sanctuary. They, they, they were there in the, in, in the tabernacle, and everything that they did had to be for the work for Christ. Now, looking at verse number 32 in Luke chapter number 10, it says, And likewise, we're talking about these religious folk, okay? It says, and likewise, a Levite. Now, the, the Levite, in our common uh, uh, terminology of today, would be like the layperson. 
Because they had certain duties they had to do, but they also had to be warned of being very supportive of the priests. Amen. You can find all that about the priests and the Levites and their duties and their responsibilities in the book of Leviticus and the book of Numbers as well. Now watch this Levite now, this, this religious person. Uh, and he says, and likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, he came and he looked on him. He did a little bit better than the priest. He came, he looked, and what did he do then? And he passed by on the other side. Now, he didn't do like the, you know, the, the original priest, you know, one that stands behind the podium, you know. Because, you know, nowadays they got somebody in between. Y'all do know that, don't you? you uh, in some churches you have the pastor, and then the pastor has somebody up under him. And then the one that's the second in command, then he has some people under him. So you've got to go to the second person. You can't really go to the pastor. That, that, that's in those churches, you know. I, mean, I, I, I don't know what, you could touch Jesus, but I don't know what it is that you can't touch a man. I, I, I just don't understand that now. You know, it, it's to that point where you, you got to go to the second person. You can't even talk to the pastor. Amen. So, so something wrong with that problem. Something, something, something wrong with that. Amen. Amen. So you don't want a, a pastor that you can't be touched by. You, you can't talk to him. And when you need him, you can't call him, you know. But some members can't even call their pastor. Amen. So, and, and, and that's a sad commentary in the time and day that we live in. So, so they, he had a little helper, okay? But he passes over on the other side. He looks, he goes, and he looks. Huh. He see him, you know, wounded, stripped of his anointing, had dead, no encouragement or nothing. But then he felt like he could not be touched. He was afraid that some of that was going to rub off him. If it rubbed off on him, it would have been because he was not where he needed to be. Amen. So he passes over on the other side. Now, watch what happens here on um, verse number 33. Verse 33 says this. Um, it says, and a certain Samaritan. Now, Samaritans back in that day was known to be called dogs. You know, they, they were not something that you want to be in touch with or connected with. But those are the ones. This is like sometimes you find some people whose life not quite straight. Especially when you're talking about giving money. You find somebody off the street to give you money a whole lot quicker than you find church folk will give you money. Amen. So, so here it is now that the Samaritan, one that was considered to be an outcast. Because you've got a lot of people in, 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 in churches, you know, you can't. And that's why I praise God for House of Destiny. Because when you come in, regardless of what your circumstance and situation is, you're welcome with the open arms. Amen. You're loved unconditionally. Amen. You know, all we do, we give you the word, and God's word will clean you up as you continue to continue to come. But some people cannot go to their churches and cannot begin to expose their nakedness. Amen? Because then they will become a conversation. They will become a conversation of the congregation. <laughs> Amen? Y'all get that? They will become a conversation of the congregation. Amen? Not that they're always helping them or encouraging them or showing them the right way to go, but they're busy talking about them. Amen? And sometimes we forget we, we all got mess. We just, some of us just keep ours hidden better than others. Amen? <laughs> that, you know, that's what that is. Amen? So now, here it is, the Samaritan. He says, but, verse 33, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he was on a journey. He had a purpose. You know, he was on a journey. And we're going to see the, the Samaritan does a, did a whole lot more than the priests and the Levites. Okay? He says he was on a journey. 
and he came where he was. Now, he came where the man was, okay? Then he says, and when he saw him, he had what? Compassion on him. You do not see that word compassion there with the priest nor the Levite. But the one that's an outcast is the one that had compassion. Why? Because he remembered he had been there before. He himself had been there before. So he has compassion on him. Watch what happens when we have compassion, when we show the, the act of love or the act of kindness. Verse 34 says, and this is what happens when he shows the, the, the uh, compassion over on the man that had fallen and, and among the things he ought not to have fallen among. 34 says, and he went to him, he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast. Mm. And he took care of him. In other words, he took on that person's burdens. See, we got to learn to take on, uh, 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 take on other people's burdens. And that's so very important. Because the Bible tells us that we're supposed to bear the infirmities of the weak. Amen. And nowadays it's about okay, and you know, it's you know, it's it's that thing. You 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 know, they take care of themselves. I don't have time for them and all. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we're to bear one another's burdens. So here it is. This man illustrates. First thing he does, he attends to his wound. He bound up his wound. He tends to that thing most prevalent that he needed. You know, he, he's he's. He's open, he's hurting, he, he's in much pain. And the first thing he does before he begins to, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Before he gives him scripture, before he, before he goes to tell him how much he needs Jesus and, and, uh, and how he should not have been going down that road, leaving that place of peace, the first thing the Samaritan, who was an outcast, the first thing he does was bound up his wounds. He took care of that matter. You know, he, with that love and compassion. Amen. As he bounds up his wounds, then he says, he pour in oil. After he binds up the wounds, then he releases that oil of anointing. He says, he pouring in oil and wine. In other words, he, then he begins to express that joy, you know, uh, uh, and, and releases anointing upon him. And then the Bible says, he, he, he put him on his own beast, you know, he took on his burdens, and he brought him to an end. Interesting. And he took care of him. He brought him to an end. An end is where everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome at the end. You know, there's some places, if we met, I'm going to say this, we met this lady, we never got a name. We were on our way to our car getting ready to leave. And I guess she had to be at least anywhere between 80 and 90 years old. She had to be. And she asked us where we were from, and we told her we were from Spartanburg, South Carolina. And she said, oh, I remember passing through that place, she said, when we were moving from New York City. And she said, at that time, she said, we had to pass all the Holiday Inns and all the, the name uh, hotels, you know, that, that's there. And they had this hotel that they ended up having to go to called the Plantation Hotel. <laughs> This, this is a true story, y'all. This is what the lady told us now. You know, and she said it was a plantation hotel. I, I don't even know that there was such a thing in, in South Carolina. In Spurman, I mean, I, well, that's way before my time. I don't know. But she said as they went in, said, uh, as they went in, her husband goes into the hotel and he wants to rent a room. And then she says uh, the guy gives him the key to rent the room. 
and he pays his money. But the next thing happens is they had to go to the back of the hotel. Okay? So they had to go to the back of the hotel. And, and I don't know that out of 80 or 90 years old, you think you remember something else besides that. But, you know, but, but, but she had said they had to go to the back of the hotel. And so when they come back out, he, he talks to his wife and tells about the hotel. Uh, so the man tells him before he goes to his wife, so your wife probably not going to like uh, being here at the plantation hotel. <laughs> and so when, she, when he goes out, his, the wife says to him, we are not staying here. <laughs> and I'm not sleeping in the back. She said, we will sleep in our car. And so they slept in their car. Amen. So, so the inn is where everybody is welcome. You remember when Mary and, and Joseph and, and baby Jesus, they, they go to an inn. Everybody's welcome. And see, sometimes when there's no room at the inn, then they allow you to, to sleep in their stables. They will, at least they will give you some somewhere to lay your head. Amen. So here he is. He, he's, he, he brought him to the inn, and then he said, and he took care of him. He didn't do this thing in a hurry. He took care of him. And what's verse number 35? 35 says, and on the morrow, means the next day or the next season, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host. Now, two pence in those days is like a day's work. Okay? Now, how many of us will give up a, a day's uh, work of pay to take care of somebody? Amen. Now, we're talking about the Samaritans and the outcast, right? But... He, he, what he does, he, he, he bandages up the wounds of the one that's injured. He, 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 he gives some, uh, uh, ministers to him after that. And then what he does, he takes on his burden. He goes to the inn there and he begins to, to talk to the one that's, that's operating the inn. And he gives up a, uh, one day wages. I don't know if somebody makes a hundred dollars. Uh, in this place, or would it make $80 or $60? But what he did was he released that money to the, to the man at the end to, for him to take care of this, this gentleman, okay? So that's how let us know where we are, amen? Because how many of us don't raise your hand, okay? We'll take one day's pay and say, here, I'll I, I put this man up in the hotel because he's wounded, he needs to be taken care of, amen? Now, now he goes on and watch what he says. He, he gives it to the host, verse 35. The latter part. He said, and whatsoever, look at this, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will do what? Repay thee. In other words, he didn't just do it for one time. He, the, 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 the man at, at the end, the one that was running the place, had him known this gentleman had done this before. Because he says, he says that when I, when I return now, he says, uh, when I return, he said, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. So he's saying to him, this, the end would have to, the end man would have to trust what the Samaritan was saying because he says, if, if more money is spent out to take care of his needs, he said, when I come back, I'll, I'll pay you. See, this is how Christians are supposed to, to, to operate. Amen. This is, this is a, many examples are here. There's an example between the religious system who will pass by you and say, forget it. 
Now, and then there's a one that's an outcast. Said, okay, I'll take care of this. I'll, I'll bend into your wounds. I'll, I'll take care of you. I'm going to take you on my own beast. I'm going to take on your burdens. And then I'm going to take you to a place where you can get some care. And then he tells the innkeeper, now listen, if you spend out more money taking care of this gentleman, then what I'll do when I come back, because that means he'd been that way a whole lot of times. That means he had taken care of a whole lot of people. Because the innkeeper trusted him to know that when he come back, he's going to get his money back. See, that's how it has to be when it comes down to we as Christians. We've got to learn to how to, to love one another, how to care for one another. Amen? When a person has a, a, a need, as, as we were in Baton Rouge, you know, uh, people don't hardly give up money. Can we be real? They, they, they don't give up money now. They don't give up money. But when you find somebody who has lost everything, I mean, the, the gentleman, the, one, of the, one of the churches that we're going to, this gentleman, you know, he was trying to be, you know how men folk try to do, they like to be macho. They don't want to show their pain. You know, you know how that is. Y'all men know how you are. You can be going through, but you don't want nobody to know you're really going through. You try to make, uh, put on his face and everything's okay. You know, and, and that's how this deacon was, you know. You know and, and he was a little bit on the arrogant side, and I think him and Dr. Manley kind of rubbed a little bit, you know. But what was happening was, that man had lost everything he had. So he says to Dr. Mann, he said, well, he, he said, I got a whole lot of things on my mind. So Dr. Mann says, so uh, what is it, brother? And he began to share that he had lost everything. So at that point, Dr. Manley comes, this is when you know uh, 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 agreement. That's when agreement has to come. Dr. Manley comes to me, he said, uh, let's give this gentleman a set amount of dollars. And uh, there was no hesitation. Okay. Walked around the corner of the building, got money from where we had hid it. You know, you, when you go somewhere, you know, strange place, you know, you got to put your money where they can't be seeing it. You know what I'm saying? You can't put it out front, you know. You, you got to put it. So, but anyway, we, 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 we bound it up. You know, nobody was present. You know, we walked around and just slipped it in his hand and walked on off. We would never see that gentleman again. But God touched our heart. See, we had to be a Samaritan at that time. Because he needed to know somebody cared. Amen? I mean, we do a lot of lip service, but we got to put something behind the lip service. Amen? So, so at that point, we, we, we did that and we walked away. And I'm like, God, God, you are so awesome because God will provide what you need. I mean, and, 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 and there were other people, you know, that, that was there. And as God prompted your spirit and your heart to, to bless them, then you bless them. Amen? You, you bless them, and, and God will repay. God will give back. You know, you don't do what you do because expecting something in return. You do it out of the kindness of your heart. Amen? Not expecting anything in return. Because, see, when God want to bless you, God going to bless you. Amen? And all the devils in hell can't stop it. Amen? So, so here it is. This man had done this many times over. He had done this many because, see, this innkeeper had trusted him to get his money back. So, so that means many times he had helped people that was along that Jericho road that had left the place of peace. And many of us at one point, one point of time in our lives, we have left that place of peace, end up at Jericho, and got robbed. And got, got, to, got taken up, taken off, you know. But then God always sends somebody else to help us get back on the road. Amen. So, so, so that, that, that's a beautiful thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And then verse number 36 says, which, Now Jesus is going back to the one that wanted to justify himself. Because you know in the beginning it was the lawyer 
who, who knew the, the first five books of, of, of Moses, the Torah. The, the first five, see, that's all he knew. See, that's all they studied back then, see. So he wanted to justify himself when, when they were talking about who's, and when he, Jesus was talking about your neighbor, love the Lord God, you know, love the Lord your God, you know, uh, first, and then you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, think about how you love yourself. That determines how you treat your neighbor. Hello. Amen. So if you love yourself, and the Bible says, as Jesus is saying to him, how you love your neighbor, you love your neighbor as you love yourself. You don't do harm to yourself, right? So that means you don't do harm to your neighbor, right? Amen. But you see, that's part of the commandment. So, so Jesus goes right by him, back to him, because see, he was trying to justify why he does what he does. But Jesus knows all of us. Eh? Verse 36 says, it says, now Jesus says this. He says, which now, because Jesus gives that parable. He says, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Now let's look at Luke 11. And 46, St. Luke, chapter 11, verse number 46. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke, Luke chapter 11, verse number 46. It says, and he said, woe unto you, because Jesus know how he, he knew how to put the knife in these religious folk, these Sadducees and Pharisees, okay? Verse 46 in St. Luke, chapter number 11 says, and he said, woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for you laid men with burdens grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touched not the burdens with one of your fingers. In other words, you put, the, you put weight on everybody else and you won't do nothing to help get the weight off. That's what Jesus said. Now, flip over to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter number 6. We've got one more scripture and we're out of here. Galatians chapter number 6. I believe is what we want to look at. Galatians chapter number... Let me get my... Galatians chapter number 6. And we're going to look at verse... Verse number 2. This is the verse I was trying to get to before. Galatians chapter number 6. Are we there? Galatians chapter number 6, verse number 2. It says, Bear ye what? One another's what? Burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. When we bear one another burdens, that's when we fulfill the law of Christ. So this is what's happening here with, with the Samaritan. He fulfilled the law of Christ. That's exactly what he did. He, he, he took care of that one that, that was going through. But see, when that lawyer tried to justify himself, that religious set, they tried to justify why they do. Of what they do. It's just like the statement was made. We take care of our own. Well, we're supposed to all be Christians. When we get to heaven, we're going to be spirits. Amen. If we can't get along back here, regardless of whether we're black, whether we're white, whether we, 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 we're yellow, we're brown, and uh, uh, regardless, of, regardless of what denomination we may be, then if we can't do that here, we're not going up there. Amen. See, in order to fulfill the law of Christ, we've got to get it right down here. Amen. 
we, we met this young lady from, uh, from, from Virginia, the last uh, volunteer group that came in. And uh, I think Dr. Mann, because you know, there the men slept in their quarters, and the women, we slept in our quarters. Okay? So you got these little cots we had to sleep on. Not very comfortable, but it was a place to lay your head. Amen. And so Dr. Manna, he, he says to this little girl, she, she has, um, uh, uh, she's not completely where she needs to be mentally. So Dr. Manna says to her, he says, uh, would you tell my wife um, uh, to step out of the room for a moment? And he says, the black lady. She said, she ain't black, she brown. <laughs> so I, I got tickled because, see, her mindset couldn't comprehend. Her mindset then could not comprehend this black and white stuff. All she knew is that when she saw me, she saw brown. She didn't see black. And, uh, and she sat with us. She, she hung and she stuck with, to us like glue. She, she was always there, and we ate with her, and we talked, and, and she Facebook, and she, she's called, and she's text, and everything else. But she sees no barriers. And so, so what we said, we said, and one of the things Dr. Manning tried to express, and so did I to the people there, that we cross, I thank God for House of Destiny. Thank God for you all. Thank God for you all. Because we know how to cross boundaries. I mean, we have to begin to share with them, this is not about the Baptist. This is not about the Methodist. When we first went and started disaster relief, we went to the Lutheran church. That's exactly right. It's all about God. We, we went to the Lutheran church, and, and when I share with them about how, what we, even though they had places in the church for us to sleep, well, what happened, the pastor and his wife told us, no, don't y'all sleep but they're in, in, in the shelters, and, you know, where they convert the Sunday school classroom. So y'all come home with us, and you sleep in our bed, in, in, in our room. They had a bed for us to sleep in. You know, and, and we did that. That was in Biloxi, Mississippi. That's the same place where this man, this man told Dr. Manley, he told Dr. Manley, he said, uh, as, we, as we was riding, he didn't know that we had brought the tractor trailer load of food and supplies down in Biloxi, Mississippi. He told Dr. Manley, he said, uh, you you sit in the back, because you used to sitting in the back. And so Dr. Manley, he said, no problem, no problem. But see, what happened, we had taken this other young man of the other color with us. So then that man said, well, he's the one that you told to get in the back. He's the one that brought down the stuff. So you can imagine how that man felt back then, right? Yeah, you can imagine, amen. But you have, you got to know how to play that stuff, amen. You still got to let people say what they say. You got to have enough Jesus in you that you don't go back with a whole lot of mouth, amen. See, you got to know how to do that thing. So, so what we were trying to do, not only did we deliver our, our goods and supplies and food to them, but we were able to teach them, listen, it's time to cross the barrel. It's, it's, it's trying to uh, uh, come away from this color issue, amen, because all lives matter, amen, and it's time to take down those walls of denominations, because here we're not denomination, we go up to the Baptist, amen. And, then, and Dr. Manley, he, the second group that he had, uh, first thing that he said was, uh, he was original Southern Baptist. You know, we're fine. I'm reading of Jesus Christ. You know, amen. It was about that. But so, so we've got to learn. This is when we go places. We have to teach them. Because, see, everybody's not there. Everybody's not there. That's why I say I'm thankful and grateful for House of Destiny because we know how to cross the barriers. We know how to cross the lines. Amen? Hell, because after a while, people begin to open up what they feel on the inside, and you'll be able to minister to them. Because, see, sometimes people are just afraid. 
And that's what it was when we were at the television station. Those people were just afraid. They were just locked up behind them glass windows. And they was just afraid. Amen. But we have to show them we're, we're all about Jesus. And we can, we can have a beautiful time. And the last verse in St. Luke chapter number 10, after Jesus deals with this religious lawyer here, verse 37 says, And he said, He that showed mercy, Jesus responding now, and here's the knife. Here's the knife Jesus turns in verse 37. And Jesus says, and he said, he that showed mercy on him. That means that's who the neighbor is. He said, the one that shows mercy. Well, see, the, the, the Samaritan, who was the only one to show mercy? The religious folk didn't show no mercy. And he said, he that showeth mercy on him. Then Jesus says, then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou Likewise, in other words, you treat your neighbor like you're gonna treat yourself. Don't, don't don't pass over, don't don't move away, but show people about Christ. That's what the world needs now. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. Our act of kindness. And remember, sometimes we, being royal priesthood, are three in one. We may at one point. Be religious, and we have at some time, at some point in our life, amen, amen, lights, amen. And then we've been like them little Levites, too, you know. We don't want to be touched, you know. We felt like we're going to be unclean. Well, I got a problem. If your Holy Ghost ain't no better than that, something wrong with you, you need to go back down. You need to go on back, amen. Or you can be like that Samaritan, that act of kindness, showing mercy when, when it's needed, you know. So we're just blessed and we honor God. So what's the time? Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. The act of kindness. And I'll say it again. And I mean it from the depths of my heart. I mean it from the depths of my heart. House of Destiny, thank, we thank God for you all. Because you're getting the teachings that you need. And you are going out and doing what, what needs to be done. Because, you know, it, it's not about all this other stuff. It's about showing Christ. Being that, being that example, that is so important. It's about being that example. So we just, act of kindness, act of kindness. Amen. Amen. Uh, do we at this time um, have, uh, you know, before we go, how many people want CDs? Let me say that. These are always one, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, okay, seven. All right. Uh, I'll make sure he gets seven. Huh? I, I did. Se um. All right. I don't know if we're going to get CDs because he said something is happening back there with the CDs. He said it keeps going off the line or something. Uh, 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 Jaden said. He says uh, something's going on back there. So maybe uh, uh, Dick and Mike can you know, get with him and see what's going on. He says. Uh, he keep going offline, but Jaden has been doing a beautiful job, you know, doing that. So we just thank and praise God for that. Uh, 